Fail Films 101 is not an actual college course and cannot be taken for college credit. It is not affiliated with any university, community college, junior college, vocational training program, or for-profit corporation masquerading as a school of any kind. Professor Jay has no formal training as an educator and, in fact, went to a Missouri State College for about two semesters, ran out of money, and dropped out as a result. And now that I've covered my own ass legally, let's get on with Fail Films 101. All right, y'all, welcome to part two of Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, I want to apologize in advance for the sound quality. I am recording this on my phone in the parking lot on my lunch break at work. Normally with two-parters, I record it all in one go and then split it accordingly, but it's been a busy week to say the least because Halloween stuff. So we're just going to pick up right where we left off on the last episode. So after Grave Robber basically explains how Zydrate works, we see Amber Sweet and her leather daddies show up. And that's when Grave Robber explains that Amber is basically completely addicted to surgery and Zydrate. And so he gives Amber her hit of Zydrate, and now she's high as fuck and dancing for him. They seem to have a little bit of a thing going on. And, yeah, so she's getting her hit of Zydrate because she's going to have a quick surgery before the opera. And Amber is completely zonked the fuck out. Like, completely zonked out. We see, like, a whole, basically a pink elephant scene for Amber a little bit. You know, the typical Dumbo pink elephant type scene where you're basically just tripping balls. And that's when Grave Robber starts whistling a Blind Mag song, and that pisses Amber off. She is completely strung out, and she's like, who did that? And Grave Robber gets this, like, ugh, look on his face, and he kind of points to Shiloh. And that's when Amber confronts her, and she's like, so you think Mag can sing? Well, it's going to be my turn to shine when the Repo Man strikes. And Shiloh's like, wait, what? And that's when Grave Robber explains that Mag's contract basically states that if she were to ever leave Jeanco her eyes would be up for repossession. And that's when the cops come in to bust up the alley party. Everybody scatters except for Amber, who passes out in the arms of her leather daddies, and they're, like, fanning her and everything. And the cops call Roddy, and they're like, yeah, we have Amber, we're bringing her in. And then we see a garbage truck passing in front of Marnie's tomb, and Shiloh and Grave Robber are in the back of it. Shiloh hops off, and heads into the house via Marnie's tomb and sneaks up the stairs. While she's sneaking in, so is Nathan. He's sneaking in through his little Repo Man cave. And he pretty much immediately gets a a message on his wristband from Roddy asking him to come in at once. Nathan runs upstairs to check on Shiloh, who appears to be sound asleep in her bed. And as he heads out and closes the door, Shiloh hops out of bed and starts reading a magazine about Blind Mag for further research. Nathan arrives at Marty's office delivering the organ he just repossessed, and Roddy's like, well, guess what, Nathan? I have a big account that I need you to handle, Mag. And Nathan's uh, Nathan's like, um, that's Marnie's best friend. I don't have it in me to repossess the, her eyes. And that's when Roddy gives him this big, long speech, well, song, rather, because it's an opera, about how Nathan is bound by an agreement. And he's basically like, remember what you did to Marnie. Remember how I helped you save Shiloh's life. 
which is bullshit. We all know. The audience knows that, but Nathan doesn't. And he's like, you have to. Because otherwise, Shiloh's going to find out you're the repo man. And you don't want that. And that's when the Largo kids start suiting Nathan up. And they bring him into a freezer where a victim is waiting for him. And they ag him on to remember that he's a murderer, he's a monster, he killed Marnie. And he reluctantly slashes this victim to death while fighting back the Mr. Hyde in him. After he's slashing the victim up, by the way, he doesn't even remove any of the organs of this victim. He's just brutally killing him. And then he tells Roddy, he's like, I can't do this, find someone else. And Nathan heads out, and Roddy's like, if he wants out, then I will take him out. That's when we see a white town car approaching the Wallace household. And Blind Mag steps out of it wearing a veil. She looks back at her bodyguard. Her bodyguard cocks a gun. And Mag buzzes the intercom at the gate and asks Shiloh if she can come down to talk. Mag somehow manages to let herself in through the gate, explaining that she thought she'd seen a ghost. Shiloh looks uncannily just like Marnie. And Mag's like... See, I was told that you had died with your mother, and I'm your godmom. Hi. And Shiloh's like, um, what do you want? And Mag's like, I want to get to know you and kind of help you escape from this life of imprisonment that you're imprisonment that you're stuck in. Because she's basically in a similar situation with Jinko, and she wants to make sure that Shiloh doesn't repeat her mistakes. Shiloh's like, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, but Mag makes her way into the house and projects a hologram of Marnie from her corneas. And Marnie is basically imploring Shiloh to, and these are exact words of the lyrics, chase the morning, yield for nothing. And Shiloh was like, wait, holy shit, how do you do that? And Mag's like, these eyes can do more than see. And Shiloh's like, yeah, I know, I've seen you sing. Which, if you already knew that, Shiloh, why would you ask as if you've never seen it before? I don't even fucking know. But... Mag's like, uh, or, sorry, Shiloh's like, yeah, I've, I've seen you sing basically from my window because I watched the world from up there. And Mag's like, I wish we could have watched it all together. And Shiloh's like, I can't have guests. And Mag's like, well, I should be going, but before I do, I just need you to know that you need to see the world outside of your room. And she projects Marnie telling Shiloh to chase the morning again. And Mag's like, it's too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Mag goes to leave, but Nathan is behind her in the doorway. Oh, shit. Nathan's like, how did you get in here? And Mag's like, well, have you been? And he's like, I haven't been busy. And she says, well, hey, remember how you told me Shiloh was dead? And remember how I promised your wife that I'd be in her life? And Nathan is like, Mag, um... Shiloh is really sick. It's not safe for her to have guests. And Mag's like, you need to let her out every now and then. She is a human being and she needs human interaction other than from her father. And Shiloh's like, can you please let her stay? It's not safe for her to be out there. And Nathan demands that Mag leaves and basically literally throws her out. Nathan tries to drag Shiloh to bed. Shiloh's trying to warn him that Mag's gonna die out there, and Nathan's like, oh, that's nonsense, but Shiloh shows him the magazine, and it basically says that a repo man's gonna come for her after the show, and Nathan kind of pauses, and he's like, well, there are things in life that we do best to leave alone, 
Shiloh continues to beg Nathan to help Mag. Nathan tells her it's senseless and yells at her to shut up. And then he says that Marnie's death taught him nothing ever lasts. Foolish, foolish dreams can destroy a grown man. And he says, what chance has a 17-year-old girl? And that's when Shiloh turns into early career Avril Lavigne. And we get a whole quote-unquote punk rock number. First of all, she even has an outfit change to where she looks like a member of Joan Jett and the Runaways. But a cheap ripoff of it. And she sings about how she's 17 and Nathan can't control her anymore. And Joan Jett, speaking of the runaways, Joan Jett shows up. I'm not even joking. It's really Joan fucking Jett making a cameo in this movie. She starts playing guitar for Shiloh while Shiloh is singing about her teen angst. If I can find a clip of this little number, I'm going to put it in the Google Classroom for y'all because it is a lot. It's so much. Like, there's the her... There's a crowd gathered outside Shiloh's bedroom. Her stuffed animals are dancing. It's... Jesus fucking Christ. It's so out of place with the rest of the movie. But it's so entertaining. And Nathan's decided he's had enough. He slaps her and Shiloh passes out. And that's when Roddy gets ready for the opera. Amber comes into his office exclaiming that she's been maimed by her surgeon and she's not going to be able to perform like this. And Roddy's like, well, I warned you about the dangers of too many surgeries. And Amber yells, I don't care. It's not fair. But she's, you know, singing and yelling at the same time because it's an opera. Roddy's like, I gave you everything that I wished I had when I was your age. All you've ever done is really take it for granted. And Amber's like, my career's over. I look like a crime scene. I'm never going to sing again. And then she's like, the surgery was only 90 grand. And Roddy's like, I didn't complain when you changed your name. And Amber's like, I needed a stage name. And that's when he yells, you're a disgrace. Your jeans are not worthy of mine. He turns her around and her face looks like a weird, like a rotting peach, like a raisinized peach. And Roddy nearly pukes. He tells her he's going to have his surgeon fix her up so that she can be ready to perform. And she thanks him and walks off. And then Roddy sings kind of a boring song about how gold makes the world go round. And it's honestly my least favorite song in the whole thing. But at the end of it, he has an idea. And he announces that he's going to leave everything gene co his fortune the whole shebang to shiloh oh shit and that's where i'm gonna go ahead and leave it there's honestly about another another half an hour or so left of this movie but if i go any further it's going to spoil the end and a bunch of twisty turny plot twists so I know that I probably, if I was going to make this a two-parter, probably should have ended earlier and made this part longer, and I do apologize for that, but I'm not very good at timing things, apparently. So, that is when we go into our final segment, which is what makes this movie special. And that is something I could go on about for a while. Honestly, if you are a fan of 
campy horror movies, fake blood everywhere, fake gore everywhere. Hell yeah, this is the movie for you. In that respect. If you're a fan of musicals and drama and operatic styles, but also rock and roll, this is the movie for you. If you like both of those things, hell fucking yeah, this is your movie. And like I said, this isn't exactly like a critically acclaimed movie, but this is like, it's a unique concept for starters, or it was unique until fucking Jude Law had to come in and make his movie. Repo Men is so much more boring than Repo the Genetic Opera. Repo the Genetic Opera, there's always something going on in this movie. There's, like, you turn around, bam, there's a new plot device. Bam, there's a new twist. And for the most part, the continuity is solid. The acting, well, they worked with what they had. Honestly, this movie probably could have been great, If it had a higher budget, if Lionsgate actually gave a crap about the production value of it, but it is what it is. Saw was very much their baby at the time, and Repo the Genetic Opera was basically the redheaded stepchild. No offense to redheaded stepchildren out there. It's, you, you know what I mean. Like, they really just put Repo on the back burner and didn't give the concept the amount of money or production value that it deserved. But at the same time, that's part of what makes it so special. Like, part of what makes this movie so special is the fact that it's lower budget and kind of the what could have been of it all. I, I don't know how to put into words what I'm trying to describe here. But honestly, if like everything that we've talked about so far hasn't convinced you to watch this movie, what are y'all even doing here? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But seriously, give this movie a shot. I will wholeheartedly admit that it this movie is not for everybody. I have plenty of friends who love bad movies and do not love this movie. But it's one of those things that I feel like every bad movie lover should watch once. And you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Obviously, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, good or bad. It will always hold a special place in my bad movie loving heart. And in my good movie-loving heart, if I'm being completely honest. I was actually very torn about putting this movie on my... On on this class, basically. Because it's controversial. Some people think it's a genuinely good movie. Some people think it is in the campy badness of, like, your, your Rocky Horror Picture Show and things like that. Some people think it's just complete garbage and never should have been made. It is one of the more controversial movies that we put, not necessarily on the syllabus, because technically these movies aren't really on the syllabus, but it's one of the more controversial movies that we've covered. And like I said, I was very torn about covering it 
in this podcast. But I'm glad that I did because it gave me another chance to sit down and watch it and talk about all the things that make this movie as, like, the buck wild treat it is. And honestly, if y'all liked Giles in the musical episode of Buffy and you want to hear his voice again, this is for you. This is for you. It's actually, it's actually the musical episode of Buffy that made the guys who cast this movie so interested in making Anthony Stewart head Nathan. And I actually watched this movie before I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time. So I was very surprised to hear Anthony Stewart head with a British accent. So if you're used to Anthony Stewart head with his British accent and you hear him with his American accent in Repo, you'll you'll probably be thrown for a loop. I'm not going to lie. You also might be a little bit thrown for a loop with with Alexa Vega cuz Actually, maybe not, because now that I think about it, the Spy Kids movies aren't exactly great acting-wise, so you might not be surprised with Alexa Vega's performance here, but the first time I watched this was before I watched Spy Kids again as an adult and realized just how, how bad it is. So when I saw her performance in this, I was just like, really, Carmen? Really? But hindsight's twenty twenty, folks. I think acting-wise, Alexa Vega did give the worst performance, but it is still very entertaining to watch. So I'm going to stop saying basically the same thing over and over and over again, and I'm going to wrap this up because I'd like to actually eat some of my lunch before I go back into work. You can find us on Facebook at FailFilms101, Twitter at FailFilms101. You can find our website, FailFilms101.com. Um... Let's see, we're hosted on Anchor. You can find us at anchor.fm slash failfilms101. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, a multitude of podcasting platforms. If you have any suggestions for films that you'd like to cover between units, or if you even have a suggestion for a unit or anything like that, hit me up. You can always contact me on the Facebook page, on Twitter, there's even a little contact us slash stay in touch section through on failfilms101.com. You can even send an email to failfilms101 at gmail.com if you want to. I'm always open to suggestions. I'm always open to guests if anyone ever wants to be on the show with me or in class rather. And yeah, the last of our spookening episodes will be up this Thursday on Halloween. Hopefully I can sit down with my special surprise guest and record it with her. But if not, it'll be another solo episode and then we will jump right back into the syllabus until Thanksgiving when we talk about Thanksgiving. We have to talk about at least one bad Thanksgiving movie, right? So of course, I gotta talk about Thanksgiving. So, like I said, I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my lunch break and post this episode when I get home. Yay. Thank you for listening to me ramble about this Buckwild movie. I'll see y'all on Thursday. I'm Professor J, class dismissed.